Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our personal definition of wealth through conversations with talented and successful women who are living their version of a wealthy and meaningful life. Teresa Leftenant is owner of Reinventing Her Money, a boutique financial planning and wealth management company located on Seattle's east side. Teresa is a licensed financial advisor and certified financial planner professional. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC. CFP and Certified Financial Planner, the Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated, owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for an individual. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified professional. Our guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial, Teresa Leftenant, or Reinventing Your Money. Welcome to episode 39 of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we support women to create their own version of a wealthy life. And I've been a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for over 30 years, and professional women hire me to gain the right knowledge and confidence so they can build the financial resources they need to pursue their passions, explore who they are, express their inner talents, and live their personal dreams. So join us every week to hear my expert guests and I explore seven aspects of living a wealthy life, including finances, physical health and wellness, professional and career, mental and emotional wellness, recreation and fun, relationships, and contribution and legacy. And I'll share about the inner power qualities that women can develop and the latest thoughts on building wealth and financial fitness. Today's episode is part of our mental and emotional wellness series. So welcome to the show. What's new and good in your world today? Are you enjoying shopping for the family and friends like I am? Sending out your holiday cards, watching your favorite holiday movies. I walked outside last night uh, after dark to take my dog Teddy for a walk and I just was thrilled to look down the street and see all the holiday lights on the houses. I think more people put them out this year. But suddenly I was like transformed back to Christmas with my mom and dad, drinking hot chocolate on Christmas Eve and shaking my packages so I could figure out which one I would open that night. Our memories of past holiday celebrations is one of the best things about the current one. But it's going to be a different holiday this year for sure. You probably won't be going to an office holiday party or have a big dinner with family and friends, but maybe that's a good thing given where we are with the pandemic. But it's still a time when we can celebrate our beliefs and be grateful for our blessings and hold our family and friends close in our hearts. And if you're like me, the holidays are also a great time to think about the fresh start that a new year can bring. I'm thinking about the goals I want to have for next year, what I really want to experience, who I want to become. But before I close my eyes and envision that future where I'm already experiencing the parts of a wealthy life that I'm not experiencing now, it's a good time to take a look back over the past year and acknowledge myself for goals achieved, experiences shared with others, and successful stretches to new and better ways of being. So what is your biggest accomplishment this year? Did you lose 30 pounds? Get married? Buy your dream home or get that big raise at work? What did you learn about yourself? 
Did you learn you can juggle more balls in the air than you ever thought you could? And that you actually can teach your daughter new math. Did you improve your technology skills? Become a pro at leading Zoom meetings? Enjoy more time talking to your parents on the phone because you didn't get to see them that much in person. Have you taken the time to take stock of all the great moments and wins you experienced this year? Have you celebrated all the exciting progress you've made on your 2020 goals, even if you didn't reach all of your goals in the way you thought you would? For me, I accomplished a big revenue goal in my business that I've had on my goal list for over three years. I've been getting closer to this goal each year, but this year I made it over the top. And I have mixed feelings about it when I realize that I actually did it. So one feeling is that I just want to go out and tell everybody about it. I want to share how I did it with entrepreneurs and clients. And yet I have this other feeling that kind of feels a little bit like guilt. You know, guilt that I have so much abundance in my life when other people might not. It's been a tough year financially for many women and their families, and I worry that sharing my win might cause them to feel bad in some way about their lives. How do you feel when you have a big win, especially a big financial win? Do you feel excited to share and yet worried that sharing might be misinterpreted? Well, I think it's pretty normal for women to have this mixed emotion experience because a lot of us, we grew up with our parents telling us that we were responsible for how other people felt. I know my mom's motto was, if you can't say anything nice, then don't say anything at all. And that was all about protecting the other person's feelings. It can be something we just do automatically, managing our own behavior so we won't offend or create some sort of negative feeling in another person, even though managing our behavior can be inauthentic and dishonest. Another reason we might choose to protect another person's feelings is because our own negative feelings can rise up when we hear about someone else's success. Yep, feeling negative feelings can be awfully uncomfortable, but it is an opportunity to get to know ourselves a little better and to grow. If we can stop and acknowledge the feeling and then be curious about why we're feeling it, then we can explore and find out where the feeling comes from. Often the feeling is how we reacted to an event or experience in our childhood. Once we feel that feeling and identify that old event, we can work on healing those leftover emotional reactions so they don't keep coming up for us over and over. So becoming aware of our feelings and learning from them is the first step. Then we can use a variety of tools to heal our reaction to that original event so we can ultimately change the way we react in the future when a similar experience arrives in our day. One of the tools available to become aware of our patterns, how we interpret the world and manage our emotions, is called the Enneagram. And our guest today is going to help educate us about how using the Enneagram has helped her clients break through difficult emotional reactions so they can experience their biggest life goals. 
Improving our financial situation is always top of mind for new year goals. And I wanted to give you five quick, powerful steps that successful women are taking to be financially prepared in 2021. And remember, as we go through this, remember that your particular situation, your own goals, your values, your tolerance for risk, your own preferences should always be considered before making big financial decisions. But that being said, here are some five tips, five steps that successful women are taking to be financially prepared for 2021. Step one, pay yourself first. You know, women who are pursuing a wealthy life didn't always get there from coming from a wealthy family. They earn it and they built their net worth from earning, saving, and investing. A good monthly savings strategy includes saving for an emergency fund, travel plans, retirement, and possibly college funds and purchasing a home. Creating a savings and spending plan for our clients is part of our financial reinvention blueprint. Step two, Increase your retirement contribution because successful women are financially disciplined. They make it a priority to save at least 10 to 15% of their income and contribute to their 401k or their, uh, their uh, company plan monthly, regardless of how much their company matches. They also know that compounding returns over time is how women grow their assets to support their preferred retirement lifestyle. Step three, Read one financial article a month. Successful people read every day, some as many as 50 books a year. Warren Buffett is said to read 500 pages a day. If you want to have more money and make better financial decisions, learn from those who've already done it. Step four, have an annual financial review. Successful people have at least one financial review of their entire financial picture every year. This includes a deep and revealing conversation about their most important values and goals. It's important to take a clear look at your cash position, your debt, insurance policies, and investment accounts. And the main reason to do this is to answer the question, do I have a plan in place to get me from where I am now to where I want to be, as stated in my values and most important goals? And step five is to have a certified financial planner in your corner. You know, most people think all financial planners are certified, but this isn't true. Just about anyone can call themselves a financial planner, but only those who fulfilled the CFP board's rigorous requirements can call themselves a CFP professional. Financial planning, it's a dynamic process, and your financial goals evolve over the years due to shifts in your lifestyle or reaching your most important goals. So as you consider how best to manage your next year, you can feel confident when you follow the five steps. Now let's introduce our guest. All right. My guest, Lori Pretzman, is the burnout coach, a certified professional integral and Enneagram coach. Lori knows that hard work equals success until it doesn't. That's why Lori has dedicated her career to helping her clients abandon burnout and embrace authenticity and doing what they love. 
Before leaving the corporate world to launch her coaching practice, Lori recruited top talent for Fortune 500 companies like Amazon and Booking.com, managing global recruiting teams responsible for critical hires that drove long-term success and innovation. Today, Lori utilizes integral coaching techniques and the Enneagram to ignite personal and professional transformation in the individuals and teams she works with giving them the space to dream big, set goals, and find the clarity they need to live more abundant lives. Her approach to integral coaching is comprehensive and intended to work with the whole person, head, heart, and body. Well, Lori, I've been so excited to have you on this show. I can't wait to talk to you about being the burnout coach. So, you know, many women would say that your past corporate career is their dream job. So tell us how you left a dream job to become the burnout coach. Yeah, thank you so much, Teresa. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show. It's just a pleasure to be with you today. And I loved your story. It made me think back to Christmases when I was a little girl, too. So that was very endearing for me. Um, Honestly, I would say, um, yeah, it, I, it was the dream job. You know, I, I worked at Amazon, I worked at booking.com, great companies. And for me, what happened was uh, I had a car accident on the job um, while I was traveling for work. And that was really my wake up aha moment, I would say. Uh, after returning home to Seattle, I started with minimum care, seeing a chiropractor and doing some massage and you know, trying to squeeze it in my busy schedule and my pain just kept increasing. Um, Mm. I tried to ignore it, but finally, after a few months, I decided the best thing to do was to kind of heed advice of my healthcare team and take a much needed leave of absence from work. Um, Right. And in doing that, I had a lot of free time on my hands. I took a three month leave of absence where you have no access to any work at all. So Mm. I was just kind of cut from it. No phone calls, no email, no anything. I remember sitting there the first couple of mornings, twiddling my thumbs, thinking, nobody needs me. What am I supposed to do? Um, And so, uh, you know, I hadn't experienced that kind of quietness, if you will, for a while. And it was then that I really um, came to realize that equation, which is what's guiding my coaching practice right now, which is, like you said, hard work equals success until it doesn't. And I I saw that I was damaging my body because I believe the only way to achieve success was overworking myself and burning out in the process. And during these months of healing, I learned that um, you're, you're, if you really slow down enough and listen to your body, it really does speak to you. It was trying to tell me a message. And so through Mm -hmm. honoring these messages, I realized that nonstop work was no longer serving me. I also learned that my, you know, worth shouldn't be determined by how many hours I worked or how many promotions I received or how many kudos I got for all the effort and the devotion to the job. So, uh, you know, for the first time in my life, I decided to put me first and I prioritized my recovery and my self-care. And I immediately felt just this shift within myself that was really positive. Hmm. And I knew, I just knew, okay, I can't go backwards from here. So I knew, I knew that it was time to move on from corporate America and do something different. And for me, that was coaching. And, you know, luckily I have an amazing partner who stood by my side and supported me on this journey from the very beginning. And 
you know, choosing to live in authenticity and pursue this dream of being a coach has really changed everything for me. Well, what a beautiful story, because you, instead of just making yourself get better and jump at, jumping back on the treadmill, you allowed yourself to just relax and breathe and, and let, let things come up for you. So now you became a coach and you're guiding other women and men, I assume, to create their new life, doing what they love. So what was it that really got you to choose coaching as a profession? Yeah. You know, I remember it was back probably 15 plus years ago and I was in sales was my career for a long time. And I felt, you know, I'm getting kind of burnt out on just sales. I wanted a, a, a profession that I feel like I would truly help people. And so I was just bored with selling stuff and I, you know, I considered coaching um, mm -hmm. and I started thinking this is something that I feel like I could really commit to, but it was brand new. I was terrified to go back to school at the time. So a recruiter friend said, Hey, you should try recruiting. You'll be helping people, which I did. And it was great, you know, and having that profession afforded me a lot of opportunities. Um, but then I knew that I wanted to do something bigger in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I knew that there was something else out there for me. And so I just got really excited about the possibility of helping people and in a really deep, profound way. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm really passionate about supporting my clients wholeheartedly in their development. And I just knew that I wanted to be connected to something like that and do something like that in my career. And I had had life coaches before in my past that really, really supported me. Mm -hmm. So this belief, you know, and just feeling like I really want to be my authentic self and then inspire others to do the same is what kind of led me to pick this profession. Well, we're going to learn more about how good you are at it. So first, we'll take a break. And when we come back, I'll be asking Lori to jump into describing the Enneagram uh, for us and how befriending failure can support you doing what you really love. We'll see you back in just a moment. Are you battling burnout and struggling to find more time for yourself? Does your inner critic run the show? Have you ever felt so overwhelmed that you forgot who you are? Lori Pressman is the burnout coach. As a certified integral coach, Lori specializes in helping people just like you improve work-life balance, reduce stress, and live more joyful, authentic lives. Hi, I'm Lori Pressman. If you're ready to embrace meaningful change in your life, I can help. Visit my website at lauriepretzman.com and learn more and schedule a free consultation. While you're there, download my free guide to the Enneagram and Authenticity, one of the most powerful tools for understanding ourselves. Once again, that's lauriepretzman.com. In today's uncertain circumstances, talented women are challenged with common financial problems. You may be wondering, should I continue to contribute to my 401k plan? Should I sell my home? Should I stop paying down debt? There are no shortage of financial experts competing for your attention in the media. But what you read in an article may not be the best advice for your unique circumstances. Don't make costly mistakes by reaching for a quick answer to your questions. Visit ReinventingHerMoney.com, where listening and answering your financial questions is what we do. 
Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRASIPC. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Lieutenant and my guest, Lori Pretzman, the burnout coach. She's a certified professional integral and Enneagram coach. And Lori, um, I've interviewed many coaches on my show because Mm -hmm. I believe that every woman deserves to have a coach in her corner as she envisions her life and and takes action because it's all about learning how to push through your limitations and learn how to do things you haven't ever done before. But, you know, pursuing a wealthy life is what I support. So just quickly, what's your version of a wealthy life and how does your coaching philosophy support a woman's development? Mm, yeah. Oh my goodness. A wealthy life. I feel like there's so many things I want to say. Um, I'll, I'll pick a few, I guess, of my favorites. Uh, I think for me, a wealthy life is knowing that I'm loved and that I love often and hard. Uh, it's also allowing others to contribute to my life. You know, it's not about me giving all the time and taking care of everybody else, which is what I used to always do. And learning that um, has been a really beautiful balance for me. Um, And I would say practicing gratitude over resentment. Mm -hmm. You know, every day that's a choice. And especially in our current landscape right now with COVID and just everything that's going on. Um, And then I would say living my purpose of supporting others in their best life is really part of what a wealthy life is for me. I love that. So knowing that you are loved, loving hard, taking care of yourself, and then giving, giving who you are to others. I just, I love asking that question. So, okay, now answer the second question. Um, So how does your coaching philosophy support women's or personal and professional development? Yeah, um, I would say my coaching philosophy, um, the biggest thing is when working with all of my clients really is that I always see them as whole, resourceful, and creative beings waiting to live their full potential, right? Not as an issue that needs to be fixed, even though they're not seeing themselves that way in the beginning. Um, You know, I bring forth the invitation for them to be their most authentic self, and that takes incredible courage. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they don't need to be fixed. They need to be supported, And when I'm working with women, especially, it's getting them to see that they are already whole and complete. And I always invite them to leave their judgment at the door. Mm -hmm. Because I think for women, it's just so easy. We come in and we can list the plethora of things that we're not doing right or good enough, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And another part of supporting women's personal growth journey, I think, is to build a container of trust from the very beginning of our engagement. And it's letting them know you know, what I bring to our coaching relationship, which is genuine care, compassion, vulnerability, love, patience, and commitment. And my coaching style is to really bring curiosity and not judgment. And it's ability to sense into their suffering, to truly see how to support them. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. everyone is suffering from various things in life, and, and they all deserve compassion. And I just, I want to continue to be a beacon and someone who guides to kind of help them find hope and freedom. 
Well, I love what you said. When you see your clients as already whole, then they can believe that they're already whole, that they're not broken, which is kind of a belief that um, is out there in our culture. And, you know, I hear it in my practice as well. So, uh, so one of the tools that you use with your clients, which I think sets you apart from a lot of other coaches is a self-assessment tool known as the Enneagram. So first, how did you get interested in the Enneagram? Yeah. Um, so I first heard about the Enneagram back in coaching school in November of 2017. And they introduced us to uh, a book called The Wisdom of the Enneagram, which is by Don Riso and Russ Hudson. And um, our instructions um, you know, that we were being taught in was really, it's a way for us to have a deeper understanding of ourselves in many different layers through our head, heart, and body, through our essence, personality, wings, development. Um, and I was taught that it's a tool for psychology and spiritual growth. And mm-hmm. it has nine different personality types, which is absolutely all true, you know, what they mm-hmm. were what they were sharing with us. Uh, it was interesting. The most important part I remember about learning this at the very beginning of coaching school was they said, learn your type. This mm-hmm. is about you. Don't try taking this into your coaching practice right away, right? You have to learn about you first. And it's a very complex tool. And it was just frowned against for us to go out in the world, you know, looking at others and wondering, oh, I wonder what type they are and then engaging with them in that way. So, right. So what did you learn about yourself? How, what, what did it open up for you and your, and your pursuit of your life purpose? Yeah. Um, so I became a ferocious reader on it, right? Like I just thought I have to learn everything about it first and about myself, which I did. I read a lot. And then I decided to become certified um, and in the um, in the Enneagram tool, which I'm certified now. And I took a course through the Enneagrative, excuse me, Integrative Enneagram Solutions so that I'm certified practitioner now. Mm. And um, I've, I've learned so much about myself. I mean, I, I, I could go on for that forever, but I don't want to bore everybody with what, what it's like to be a type two. We'll go, we'll get into it. I'm sure later on, well, later on, we're going to talk about my type. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, so the Enneagram, what you're saying is that it's a self-assessment of sorts and there are definitely benefits for, for going through this self-assessment. Maybe you can yeah. outline some of those benefits for our yeah. listeners. Yeah, for sure. And I can, I can go a little deeper into the Enneagram. Um, and in really simple terms, um, it's a tool that helps us understand ourselves at a deeper level. It helps you to realize, own, and accept your strengths and weaknesses, you know, at the surface. Um, it's really, it's a powerful personality system of nine distinct types, and it can be used for personal and professional development. Um, it doesn't box people in. It really provides insights into how we think, how we feel, and how we behave in the world. Mm-hmm. And it provides a deeper look at our core motivations through the exploration of layers of our personality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an important tool, I think, for developing both emotional and social intelligence. And it can help us to better understand 
human nature, consciousness, and each other, just, you know, mm-hmm. as human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting along with people is one of the b- biggest skills that we need to develop as we are pursuing whatever it is we, we are doing in our life. Yeah. And um, I want to, I want to broaden the discussion just for a moment about the whole idea of having a coach, because I know people who listen to my show, they get to listen to a lot of different kinds of, of coaches. And, you know, I know that coaching has been around for almost 30 years. I read an article in a Harvard business review and in 2004, they called it quote, the untamed terrain of executive coaching, which was, you know, how to make executives better at their job. And it goes on to say that there was no universally reliable credential that existed to identify identify whether a coach knew what she or he was doing. So now it's really changed. The most important improvement in the last 30 years in the coaching profession is that there's this focus on evidence-based techniques and standardized credentials that that coaches can now obtain and and people who are thinking of hiring coach can rely on to help them figure out whether a coach is right for them or not. Now, back in the day, everybody used to be called a life coach. And now there's uh, more specializations. There's, you know, health coaching, executive coaching, money mindset coaching, and so on. So help us understand, you know, you're, you're a broad-based life coach, but you also have a specialty. So help us understand more about what your specialty is. Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. And I love um, the clarification that you stated about there being credentialing needed to practice as a coach. Um, And the International Coaching Federation is a great resource if anybody's interested in finding out more about that. I always have to give them a plug. Exactly. Um, So honestly, I would say people ask me that all the time. Well, what kind of coach are you? And I would say I'm a human development coach. And I know that sounds kind of broad, but Um, I say this because I coach my clients on all aspects of being human, right? Which includes life, life coaching, work, relationships, goals, growth. I remember when I was doing extensive research on coaching, and like you stated, there's so many different options out there. You know, you could focus on being an executive coach or a leadership coach or a goal coach or a health coach. I found that I was really drawn to coaching the whole person, Mm-hmm. You know, in that aspect and topic. So that's why I'm certified as an integral coach, which means I'm coaching the whole person, head, heart, and body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, it's a comprehensive type of coaching, which I love. And I include all domains of my client's life when we work together. So individual experience, you know, their own thoughts, beliefs, mm-hmm. body behavior, culture, relationship, and their environment, whether that's the work environment, their home environment, Mm -hmm. because you have to bring all of the person into the coaching, you know, in my belief to really get a clear understanding of what's behind the thing, behind the thing, behind the thing. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's why the Enneagram is such a great tool for you as a human development coach, developing the whole person, regardless of what their ultimate life goals are, because everything that we do in terms of change is about who we are on the inside, right? And that includes how we think, how we feel, um, how we behave and all of that. So um, help us understand how the Enneagram helped a client to gain you know, more meaningful clarity and so that they could either break through or achieve a big goal. Just give us a nice little story about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I'll, I'm obviously anonymity is important with coaching your clients. So I'm going to use some generics here, but um, sure. I have a client who she runs her own company and she supports her clients on a global scale. And when she first read her Enneagram report, I remember we had our call and she just was like, what the hell? You know, she's like, I feel like somebody crawled into my head and wrote my life story. This report is so me. And I actually get that from a lot of my clients. Um, She struggled with some of it in the beginning, though, you know, really having when you're confronted with what your blind spots are and what your, you know, fears are, you're kind of thinking, what do I really have to accept this, you know? Um, But over the past year and a half that we've been working together, she's gained so much clarity about who she really is Mm -hmm. and who she can become. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's been able to start setting boundaries with difficult clients, which was not an option before. It was just anything any client wanted, they got. Uh, She's been able to define ground rules for taking on new clients And she asks herself, is this a threshold? Is this going to bring me joy or not? And she's deciding from that place because that's what's important to her. And then it's given her a lot of insight for just her true desires for Mm -hmm. how she wants to continue to build out her own practice, how she wants it to run and function. But I think the biggest thing she gained is this sense of personal empathy and compassion. Which, you know, that really didn't exist when we started working together. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we can be really hard on ourselves, especially uh, if we don't, uh, you know, if we don't make our goals, if we, you know, have failures. And, um, you know, I know both of us in our coaching experiences, we find that fear of failure can often hold people back from really pursuing their dreams, pursuing the life they want to live. So let's talk about fear of failure a bit. What have you learned about fear of failure from your perspective as a coach? Yeah. um, Well, to start, I would just say every single one of my clients that I've coached comes to me with some form of fear that has stopped them in their life or is, is currently stopping them. But what I found is that women seem to let it hold them back more than even my male clients do. Yeah. So I kind of like to flip fear on its ass a bit. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I really help my clients to understand the fear and even ask them to befriend it, as strange as that may sound. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fear is just a message. And then there's a choice to make. That's how it works. So I've, I've found that, you know, really slowing down with my clients and really asking them to get clear on the fear itself also helps them. So I get them to dig into it, right? We name it. I ask them how long they've been experiencing it. Can they get a sense of it? Can they feel it? What emotions are associated with it? When did it start? You know, all of that. How long has it been going? And then how does it stop them from living their life fully and from doing what they love? Right. You know, and what I found is that once we begin to examine it, and fear kind of comes down, the scariness, the anxiety goes away. Um, you know, they just decide, hey, I can I can work on this. I can do this. Even if it's baby steps, they commit to practicing something different to test giving up that fear and what would it feel like. And so getting them to just really let their inner wisdom help guide them, even in the face of fear, 
you know, they, they absolutely see possibilities. And one little, one of my favorite poems is called Our Biggest Fear by Marianne Williamson. And I'm just going to read one small little part. Okay. And I I read this to my clients and it says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Because if we allow ourselves to be powerful, we just might get what we say we want and then our life might change. So let's, we'll talk more about that on the other side of our next break. So we'll be right back to a wealthy life for her. Are you battling burnout and struggling to find more time for yourself? Does your inner critic run the show? Have you ever felt so overwhelmed that you forgot who you are? Lori Pressman is the burnout coach. As a certified integral coach, Lori specializes in helping people just like you improve work-life balance, reduce stress, and live more joyful, authentic lives. Hi, I'm Lori Pressman. If you're ready to embrace meaningful change in your life, I can help. Visit my website at lauriepretzman.com and learn more and schedule a free consultation. While you're there, download my free guide to the Enneagram and Authenticity, one of the most powerful tools for understanding ourselves. Once again, that's lauriepretzman.com. To fulfill the distinctive needs of women, Teresa Lieutenant created an extraordinary pricing model designed to let you decide what's affordable. You can pay as you go for just the service you need right now or receive a reduced price when you bundle services together. Find out how you can get started by visiting reinventinghermoney.com and select Work with Teresa. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her and my guest, Lori Pretzman, who is teaching us all about the Enneagram. And uh, before the break, we were talking about how sometimes the fear of failure and all a lot of other fears that women seem to struggle with more, maybe a little more than men, it actually freezes a woman in place. And, um, you know, how the Enneagram can actually help dislodge some of those fears because you befriend it and you learn it and you explore what it's all about. So um, you've invited me to take the Enneagram assessment and you offered to do some sessions with me to help me uh, interpret the report, which I appreciate very much. Oh yeah. So before we get started talking a little bit about my experience, tell us a little bit about what to expect taking the assessment. Yeah. Um, so the integrative Enneagram questionnaire is a dynamically adaptive, intelligent assessment, meaning that it'll start to adapt to the way you're answering your questions to make sure that it's pulling the most accurate answers. Right. So it's actually the most accurate Enneagram test on the market with 96% accuracy typing. I have other Enneagram buddies that would uh, maybe disagree with that because they do different types of Enneagram work. But uh, the test itself takes about 20 to 40 minutes. 
And once you get it complete, you're going to get a really in-depth report that goes over your profile, subtypes, centers, wings, all that. Um, the test itself consists of 175 statements, which you respond to. And it's best to trust your gut response to each question because that's normally the most accurate. And I always say this to my clients, here's the deal. This is not a pass fail type of assessment, right? Um, there's nothing to get wrong. Just relax and have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So once you, uh, you know, and for people who really do want to grow as a person who really are uh, purposeful about learning who they are and uh, being able to make better choices in their life, taking this Enneagram, I mean, I have a lot of friends who've taken it and they just are so appreciative, but the deal is being able to figure out what the report is actually saying about you. That's where it's really helpful to have someone experienced like yourself. So can you give us a really brief description of the nine Enneagram styles? Is that possible? Or maybe just a few? Yeah. So I, I was thinking about that and I've, you know, I've got it. Um, we'll start with, I'll, I'll do a couple and then you okay. let me know timing wise, how we're doing. Okay. I've got okay. it pretty succinct, but okay, good. Um, so uh, each number represents a worldview or archetype or embodiment, right? Um, and it resonates with your core motivations. This impacts um, on personality as well as your thinking, your feeling, and your actions. And so there's nine types and they're broken down into three triads. One is the body center, the head center, um, and the heart center. And so each type has a core motivation that really drives their behavior. And so I would love to say for the listeners, I would love for you to follow along and just see through a couple of these brief descriptions if you feel like you might resonate with any of these types. Um, so we're going to start with the instinctive triad, which is the head triad and um, the, or excuse me, the body triad, the gut. These are types eight, nine, and one. So type eight is referred to as the active controller or the challenger. They're also known as the leader the protector, the provider, or the maverick. And they're described as the uh, powerful dominating type. They're very self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Uh, eights are forces of nature. Even when they are physically small, they tend to be large in stature, reputation, energetic presence, and personality. And their core motivation is having to be in control and be strong. So that's the type eight. The type nine is the adaptive peacemaker. And they're also known as the healer, the optimist, the uh, comforter. And they're described as the easygoing, self-effacing uh, type. They're receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Nines are receptive and generally find it easy to listen, understand, and accept perspectives um, and ideas from others. Often they will say yes when they mean no, and nines enjoy the rhythm of their lives and may find you know, great comfort in just simple living. And their core motivation is having to keep the balance, kind of thinking about keeping the balance in the world, right? Uh, the other, the, the last one we'll go over here is just the type one, and they are the strict perfectionist. 
So they're also known as the teacher, the activist, the crusader, the organizer. They're described as the rational, idealistic type. They're very principled, they're very um, purposeful, self-controlled, and ones are um, about improvement, right? They're about making sure things get done correctly and properly. They tend to organize and structure their world in a functional manner, and the values, facts, precision, and clarity of that are very important to them. And through their effort, hard work, and application, they strive to take right action and avoid mistakes at all costs. Um, their core motivation is having to do the right thing or the good thing. So that's so just I think three. these yeah, these descriptions are showing just how in-depth this is. And, you know, when I did my assessment, I found uh, that my core style, which you didn't go over, which is a number three, and it's the competitive achiever. And of course, you know, like most people, uh, the thought is, how did it know? You know, it's just yeah. such a write on description about different aspects, not all aspects, but definitely dominant aspects of how I operate as, as a person, you know, and what you helped me do when I saw this report was first you had me journal about the descriptors of my style, you know, that I strive to be the best. I do things uh, efficiently and productively. I'm adaptable. I'm driven. And so, you know, that really gave me an opportunity to contemplate the value, both the values of, of having those particular qualities and also where those qualities might be stopping me. Yeah. And so, you know, that is one of the things that you and I talked about in our first meeting was how, what were some of the blind spots that I couldn't see that this report and then your interpretation of it really helped me become aware of. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of blind spots that I know you and I kind of talked about that helped you, I think, become a little more aware. Um, first thing was um, being very aware of image and how it can lead to self-deception, right? So if you start to over-identify with your public image, you lose touch with who you really are. This can cause confusion between your real self and your job self and the real world. <laughs> and others may sense this and see it as, um, you know, you being insincere or lacking self-awareness, right? Another one um, was that your goal orientation may lead to others experiencing you as impatient, rushed, or dismissive. Because threes are the doers, right? They have goals and dang it, they are going to reach those goals. So these behaviors can be more intense with people um, that you see less competent potentially. Um, and then, you know, the interesting part I remember in talking with you was that threes tend to avoid relationships due to the fact that they're doing all the time, right? They're super busy. They're doing things all the time. Um, they may not realize this. And um, I know this one resonated with you a little bit. So I love that you were willing to try the practice of spending 30 minutes with one person where you're just being and you're not doing, you know, and that 
that was something that we gave to you just to kind of see and experience what comes up for you. So I'm curious. And my husband really appreciated that, uh, (laughs) that exercise, Um, you know, because I want to say, obviously, hearing and facing some of these parts to yourself that it's really not, I mean, I could not argue with this uh, discussion, this, this feedback, it's absolutely true. But I had to also remind myself that, you know, I'm no different. I'm no worse than anyone else. We all have aspects of our personality that work for us and aspects that work against us. And so what is the choice I'm going to make? And that is to really listen and take the feedback so that I can pursue more goals and achieve my... (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So, you know, there's a a lot of strengths and positive qualities that we can learn through um, taking the Enneagram. And then there's also weaknesses and challenges. And that's really where the breakthroughs can can come about, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you say? For sure. Yeah. Um, So one of the other subtypes that was really informative to me, because there's there's nine any any types is what they're called, and then 27 subtypes, which, you know, like I say, this is why you need to hire Lori to help you go through this, because <laughs> there's so much to learn about yourself. Well, mine was the self-preservation instinct. And that one was just like, you know, hit me in the middle of the forehead because I, I really am very focused on my physical safety, my material security, my well-being and comfort. And mm-hmm. I can, you know, look at that in all areas of my life. And then I get to ask myself, okay, how is this helping me? And how is it holding me back? Mm-hmm. So help, help us understand that's how you, you work with your clients, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can talk a little bit more about the subtype just for a second in terms sure, of how, please it do. Of, how it kind of helps. Um, so what the subtype means just for the listeners, so they understand there's kind of three basic instinctual drives, right? And these that everybody has in their personality, and these are self-preservation, which is when you're concerned with your physical survival one-to-one, which is when you're concerned mainly about relationships and then social, which is a kind of communal hierarchy. And these are the ways in which we express ourselves in the world with with just all of our human interactions, right? And so I think when people can become aware of their subtypes, they can increase some of their self-development. So it's just a deeper layer of understanding yourself and it can shed light on your most unconscious level of functioning so that we can become more self-aware. Um, which has to be the base to start from really in any self-development, in my opinion. So the goal for self-development here is to become more balanced in all three of the instinct types, right? So each type, their offerings in the report um, for practices on developing the lowest ranking of your three instincts. So that's just a little bit about the, the subtypes. Right. And, and the whole reason to do to do this is to get to know yourself more so that you can choose better so that you can decide what you want. Because, you know, that's something that I find women often struggle with is yeah. what do they really want in their life? And I think that comes from a confusion around who they are truly inside mm-hmm. and that searching the authentic self, which is really a buzzword nowadays, isn't it? There's yeah. so much 
much opportunity to 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 search for your authentic self. But when you when you're in that process, the process is makes your life so much more meaningful and impactful, and your relationships can uh, relax and become better and more peaceful. So you know, many of our listeners, I'm sure, are going to be ready to ask you how they can get involved with the Enneagram assessment and perhaps work with you. So help us with the first step that people need to take if they'd like to, to go further. Yeah, perfect. Um, first of all, I would say just to check out my website, which is lauriepretzman.com for the coaching offerings. Then you can, uh, from there, you can schedule a 30 minute consultation to see you know, what you're interested in. And we can take a look at if we're a match together and if you want to work together. Um, to get your full Enneagram report, there's a couple different options. Um, for all of my personalized individual coaching programs that I do, uh, I offer the Enneagram as part of those sessions automatically. So you get a fully baked report and all the coaching along with more coaching on much more deeper things that you would love to, you know, go into. But um, if you're just wanting Enneagram only coaching, you can set up a one-on-one -on -one introductory call with me and we can discuss your needs and your goals. And then you'll take the comprehensive online assessment. And from there, you're going to choose either to do the personal report, which is you'll get a 23 page report. So it's pretty detailed or the professional report, which a lot of people choose to do. Um, it's a 42 page report. I know that sounds a little intimidating, um, but that's why I'm there to guide you and kind of help you with that. But it also offers you a development plan. So during our work together, we're going to review your report in its entirety and set really meaningful goals for your personal success. Wow, what a really nice process you have. And, um, you know, if there was one thing that you would like to say in closing, when you think about the end of the year and the kind of year that we've had mm -hmm. and what it might have revealed about, uh, you know, each one of us, what would you suggest for our listeners? One thing. Yeah, I would say just really being open to personal development and how it can support so many different facets of your life. I just pose the question, what could be possible if you could find your joy of being and act and live from that space? Well, I can tell you it's all the possibilities of uh, that you could possibly think of are there for you when you begin to get to know yourself and work on yourself. So thank you, Lori. It's been great to have this conversation with you. Thank and you so much. And next week, our guest will be some of our former uh, coaches that we've had in the past. We've had Michelle Kaplan, who's the corporate poet, and Sydney Whitmer, the confidence coach. We're going to have Melissa Corder, the money mindset coach back. Tracy Cromwell, she's a nutrition and health coach. Jennifer Blankel, the relationship coach. And Rachel Calderon-Young, who's a business leadership coach. So they'll all be here. And we'll be discussing our lessons from this crazy year, the wins we've been able to experience, the things about our family that have meant the most to, to us, and then our dreams and goals for 2021 and beyond. So we hope you'll join us for a really revealing and enlightening conversation about acknowledging success and creating new possibilities. So thank you for listening and being part of our Wealthy Life for Her mission. 
Thank you for listening to the show. And you can always subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. I want to thank Alexis Lieutenant Gregory, who composed our theme music, Eric, my producer, the support staff at Financial Advocates, and everyone at KKNW 1150 AM. You can connect with me on Facebook and YouTube under Teresa, T-R-E-S-A, Lieutenant. And if you want to learn more about the five steps successful women are taking to be financially prepared for 2021, just send me an email to Teresa.Lieutenant at LPL.com. And you can check out all our resources at reinventinghermoney.com. Remember, ladies, financial independence is your birthright. With the right education and empowerment and the right financial advice, you can overcome any financial challenge and create a wealthy life on your terms. See you next week. Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her Money and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. She is a certified financial planner and wealth advisor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at reinventinghermoney.com.